Week 36, of the, we're still in the Beatitudes. This is the second week. Those who mourn. This is essential to the Christian life. And I'm telling you, if we can get this doctrine, you have Christianity down. I mean, you understand the Christian life. There's an irony that we'll see when we talk about blessed are those who mourn. You can see the first question. What is the second beatitude? Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, here's the irony. Those two things look like opposites. Mourning and being comforted look like opposites. But they coexist in the Christian life. Who are those that mourn? First of all, mourning is a deep sadness that comes from losing someone or something that you love. And we've all experienced mourning. It's a sadness. It cuts to the heart when you lose something that you love. It's a piercing grief. It is a sorrowful heart. I've put some examples down here. Parents mourn if they lose a child. Anyone can mourn if they lose their health, their well-being, or their best friend. So just like last week, when we looked at poor in spirit, being poor physically means you're afflicted because you lack something. Being poor spiritually is an affliction that comes also from you lack something, that you lack righteousness. Mourning is mourning spiritually is a result of being poor in spirit spiritually. Those who mourn, this is the second paragraph, those who mourn refers to a spiritual mourning, not a normal earthly mourning. Now there's a metaphor and there's a similarity. Right? Mourning is a deep sadness that comes from losing something. Those who mourn spiritually have lost their proud but false opinion of themselves. Now we must lose this if we're going to find comfort in Christ. We must lose our pride and we must lose the false opinion of ourselves. I lost the lie that I was wise. I'm a fool who needs God. We lose the lie that we are good and we are sinners who need salvation. We lose the lie that we are strong and we see that we are weak. We see that we so desperately need Christ and His Spirit that the thought of life apart from Him is hopeless and terrifying. When we lose in our hearts the lie about who we thought we were and who we thought we could be, that we were smart, that we were able, that we were good, and on and on and on. When we lose that lie, now we are to look to Christ and lean on Christ. The loss and sadness that comes from this is good, not bad. That's the point of the beatitude. right? We will be broken people. We'll, we will be humbled people, those who mourn. But it's a good thing. It's a blessing. Blessed are those who mourn. It's a blessing, not a curse. And that is because this loss of pride and the deep sadness has led us to Christ and keeps us leaning on Christ. That's the blessing. We lose our old self. We lose our pride. We lose self-dependency and we're leaning on Christ. That's the blessing. But you can't have one without the other. There's no true leaning on Christ for forgiveness, if I've never lost the old me who is a slave to sin. 
Blessed are those who mourn. It's an interesting and ironic statement because mourning is a deep sadness. But it's not cursed who are those. Cursed are those who are mourned. It's blessed are those who mourn. They shall be comforted. How shall they be comforted? Well, there's a multitude we've put here. We could put here. I've put four, although I've misnumbered them. I have two number threes. First of all, they'll be comfort, comforted by salvation in Christ, by God's gracious love. Second Corinthians 7.10. Godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. A phrase here that's the same as those who mourn is godly grief or godly sorrow. It's a sorrow, but why is it a blessing? Because it leads you to repentance that leads to salvation. That's our comfort. Material things are nice. Material things in the proper place uh, are a blessing and can bring a level of earthly happiness. But our ultimate comfort is our salvation. Our ultimate joy is our salvation. Godly grief, godly sorrow leads to repentance and salvation. Number two, they'll be comforted by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 51, 10 through 12. David prays, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. This is a prayer of repentance for David's sin, which means it's also a prayer that reflects that he has a deep sorrow and grief in his heart. That is why he asks God to restore in him the joy of his salvation because he's grieved by his sin. He's humbled by his sin. He has a godly grief. In other words, he's mourning. He's mourning his sin, in this case, in a specific way. He's mourning his sin and he's trusting in God. And he knows that the presence of God's Holy Spirit and the work of God's Holy Spirit is the only way that joy will be restored to him. So comfort in our salvation, number one, but in a daily and experiential way, comfort from the Holy Spirit. Number three, they will be comforted by the richness of ongoing fellowship with Christ. Whatever we do, young ones, whatever you do, don't think of Christianity as coming to Jesus once, but then moving on from that and just living life however you want to. But you keep going to church and keep, keep, learn, keep doing things in church. You keep doing the outward things of religion. That would be totally, totally missing the point of the Christian life. This is an ongoing relationship with Jesus. Just like you have an ongoing relationship with each other. Ongoing relationship with your parents. This is an ongoing fellowship with Jesus. Now this is a long passage here. I think I'm only going to read the uh, first two verses. You can read on your own. Philippians 3, 7 through 11. I'm just going to read Philippians 3, 7 and 8. Paul reflects on the change that happened in his life when he came to Christ and how much better it is now. And he writes, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And you can read the next couple of verses I put in italics, the various blessings, and the, the different components of what it means to live in fellowship with Jesus. He says the surpassing worth of knowing 
Christ Jesus my Lord. Verse 8, that is not just intellectual knowledge. That's a relationship. He's been brought into a relationship with Jesus. This surpasses everything else in his past life or present life. The surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. And finally, number four, how are those who mourn truly and spiritually? How are they comforted? Fourth, they'll be comforted by partaking of resurrection glory forever. Now, this is the goal. This is where you'll have nothing but comfort in God's presence. This is where you'll have nothing but joy in God's presence. Now, in this state, you'll no longer have the mourning and the brokenness of a repentant heart that you have now. But you'll still be grateful. In fact, you'll be, for the first time ever in glory, you'll be grateful the way you ought to be. We'll all be grateful perfectly and only grateful Hearts full of delight and gratitude for our salvation. But we'll no longer have to repent of sin. And there's my point. So this is heading to a goal. Romans seven twenty one. Again, you can read that paragraph on your own. But just read the last two verses here. 23 and 24. I see in my members another law. Waging war against the law of my mind. And making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. And that could be confusing. It's very wordy. Some strange phrases there. Basically what Paul's saying is he's a sinner. And in this body there's nothing he can do about it. There's nothing he can change about the fact that he is a sinner in this body. He'll always be a sinner. He cannot escape the reality that he is a sinner. And he will sin in this body in this life. That's his problem. So in verse 24 he says wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? This is a body of death. This body is going to die. This body is plagued with sin. So this body needs to be redeemed. And of course, Romans 7 into uh, Romans 8, the answer is Christ. Christ and the end goal of being glorified with him. That's the comfort. But in between that comfort and being lost in sin... It's a spiritual mourning, a spiritual mourning that comes when we see ourselves or who we truly are. We're not good, but we're sinners and we need Christ for salvation. We're not wise, but we're foolish. And again, we need Christ for guidance and we need the Holy Spirit for guidance. We're not OK the way we are. We need to mourn our state and come to Christ for salvation. So blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted if sin is a, a tragedy and grieves God in his heart. Sin should be a tragedy and sin should grieve us in our hearts and should lead us to Christ. Let's pray. Father.